0: This podcast has been kindly supported by Oral-B. If you want to learn anything about their products, check out the link in the description. Thank you, Oral-B, for sponsoring the podcast. Okay so welcome back to the Oral Health podcasts. My name is Sophie. Karen's actually not with us today but we are joined instead by Lewis McKenzie who is here from Oral-B and is going to talk about preventing oral disease. So Louis can you just introduce yourself? Sorry I said both Lewis and Louis. which is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well pre-Brexit I didn't mind either uh,
0: but since
1: <laughs> Brexit it's Lewis. <laughs>
0: cool no worries.
1: So yeah, so thank you Sophie. My name's Lewis McKenzie and um, uh, I've been a dentist for over 30 years. Um, I'm a part-time university lecturer at the dental schools here in Birmingham where I am today uh, and down in London Uh, and so I've been involved in dental education uh, for for about 20 years and that's where my link with um, Oral-B comes in and most recently for the last three years I've been the head dental officer at Demplan
0: amazing stuff. Yeah. Um So obviously, we're talking about preventing oral disease, but the term oral disease could mean anything. So just in case people aren't familiar with that, can you just explain that term in, in a little bit more detail what oral diseases are?
1: Yes, certainly. Well, there are a number of different oral diseases. And the, uh, the, the three main ones, though, uh, and the first of those is tooth decay, which Think everybody is familiar with. So that's the most common one. Gum disease is the next most common. And then tooth wear, that's one of the fastest growing um, oral diseases. Um, and this is caused when people drink too many acidic drinks and foods. It actually erodes the enamel on their teeth. And then, of course, there are a lot more sort of rarer diseases which can affect the uh, the soft tissues in the mouth and, and indeed on the lips. And of course, the most dangerous of these is uh, is mouth cancer, which is which is a really really nasty condition. And unfortunately, uh, the incidence of that is growing. It's now the the fifteenth most common cancer in the in the whole of the UK. Uh, and and together, all of these oral diseases, they're actually. Um, uh, the most common, what are called non-communicable diseases, on the whole planet, uh, and by that I mean these diseases are the most common um, uh, after contagious diseases like coughs and colds, and uh, and of course our recent menace uh, COVID nineteen.
0: <laughs> I like that. I've not heard COVID described as a menace, but I feel like that that's quite accurate. <laughs> It's, uh... But so when you say common, how common exactly are they? So I think there's some crazy statistics about tooth decay in children, which we see a lot in the news. But yeah, how, how common are oral diseases?
1: Well, they're unfortunately they're, they're massively common. Um Tooth decay, which I mentioned, is actually the most common human disease on the planet. Uh, The the latest statistics suggest that currently there are two and a half billion adults around the world uh, suffering with uh, with tooth decay. And what's even more upsetting is that uh, 600 million uh, children have got uh, decayed teeth around the world as well. In the UK, it's around about 27% of adults have tooth decay currently as we speak and about 8% of children. Um, and then gum disease, as I mentioned, that's the next most common. But even that, that is the sixth most common human disease. And of course, it's the most common cause of tooth loss as well. And a tooth wear, which uh, erosive tooth wear, which I mentioned, is rising massively, and this is particularly due to people drinking more acidic um, drinks, and especially in children as uh, as well. So the tooth wear rates for children uh, are really quite worrying. So unfortunately, it's it's um, it's not great news, um, and essentially because all of these diseases are entirely preventable.
0: Well, are they? Because they're happening to so many people, every like you say, the most common disease is tooth decay, and then that gum disease is not that far afterwards. How realistically preventable are they if they're happening that much?
1: Well, that's uh, so. If that, well, that's the really sad thing. They are one hundred percent preventable. Um, there's absolutely no reason for any adult or any child to ever get tooth decay, gum disease or tooth wear at any point in their lives. And even mouth cancer um, is, is considered um, in the textbooks to actually be a lifestyle related disease because it mainly occurs uh, in, in, in people who, uh, who smoke, unfortunately. Uh, another, another problem with all diseases is um, that you can't treat them with medicines. They actually need active treatment by a dentist or a, or, or a hygienist or a dental therapist. So, so to be honest, there's never been a better case for that old saying that prevention is most definitely better than cure in every respect.
0: So then how can people that are listening or want to be a bit more vigilant with their oral health, how can they especially if they have got children, make sure that they don't encounter any of these oral health problems down the road?
1: Um, well, as a dentist, obviously, I would say the first thing is regular trips to the dentist. Very important just to make thing, sure things are OK. Uh, but of course, as we've seen in the news, even that's a challenge at the yeah. moment, because uh, there's, there's a real shortage of dentists in the UK. You know, obviously, the population is about 70 million. Um, but we actually have the lowest number of dentists to serve that population than any European country. Um, But really the most important thing uh, for your listeners uh, is what they do at home to look after their own teeth and their children's teeth is the number one most important thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. And um, I I agree with you completely. The, The advice obviously we always give is go and see a dentist, but we have to also be conscious that's not possible a lot of the time at the moment and people are having to wait a long time. But that will always be golden rule is go and see a dentist as far as we're concerned. But what should people do themselves if when they can't get to the dentist then?
1: Well, that's that's quite an easy one. And even if you are going to see the uh, the dentist regularly, oh yeah, do these
0: things anyway. <laughs> do these
1: things every 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 day, anyway. And of course, these things will be familiar uh, to your listeners. You know, uh, brush your teeth uh, and have a healthy diet. But actually, it's quite detailed, and the reasons for doing these things are are, are well uh, documented. So, if we look at those two main things, and sort of maybe start off with diet. Um, Well, in the, uh, the latest statistics show that the average person in the UK eats 39 kilograms of sugar per year, which is an almost unimaginably large amount. And it's really too much because too much sugar can have a range of negative effects on uh, on your body and of course it's tricky because sugar is in foods and drinks in lots of different forms and it can be really hard to spot there's some recent publications showing that even some baby foods which advertise as being healthy um, have loads of sugar in them so it is really tricky now this sugar when it gets into the mouth, it doesn't directly damage the teeth and gums. But it's unfortunately, it's the bacteria that live in the plaque that's sitting on the teeth um, that that do the damage. Um, and we've all got plaque on on our teeth. Nobody can can escape that. Um, and so it's these bacteria that cause the uh, the problems, but because they convert the sugar into acids, and it's the acids that do. The damage to the enamel. Now, enamel is the—it's uh, actually the hardest substance in the body. Um, it's as hard as steel, uh, but which is uh, amazing to believe. Um, but it's got this real Achilles' heel—that enamel is soluble in acid over a period of time. Uh, and so, if it continues, and you cavities, which are you know literally just holes in the uh, in the enamel. Um, when they form they're actually irreversible you can't fix those yourself uh, with uh, with brushing and toothpaste and so once formed a cavity can only really be fixed by uh, by a dentist and then at the same time while this is happening to the teeth the same acids can cause inflammation of the gums around the teeth this is known as uh, gingivitis which literally just means inflammation of the gums and again if that goes on for long enough the acid can cause uh, can cause damage uh, but more importantly the body actually overreacts uh, to this in trying to defend itself and it's actually a, a self-destructive immune reaction which causes 80% of the damage um, and if it continues, it can destroy the bone around the teeth progressively. And if it progresses, uh, the teeth can become wobbly or even or even fall out, um, or, or, or become so uncomfortable that when you when you're trying to eat, it just becomes too uncomfortable, and they actually have to be removed by a dentist. Um, another problem for 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 us uh, is that unfortunately these disease processes although they're really very very slow they can take years uh, to to progress tooth decay and gum disease are often completely painless until they're really at quite an advanced stage uh, and by this time it can be much more difficult for your dentist or your hygienist or or your dental therapist to uh, to actually fix uh, to fix the problems
0: yeah i can imagine because uh yeah, we we've we've spoke about this a little bit before a while ago, where the the decay needs to get all the way to the nerves essentially for it to be causing pain, or because it's just such a a deep hole. Is that my rudimentary understanding? Is that right? Yeah, or... <laughs> absolutely
1: right. The the decay, the enamel's the tough bit, the tough outer surface of the of the tooth. It can take literally years for the decay to get through that. It can proceed at a faster rate if somebody's not brushing very well and has got a very um, high sugar uh, sugar diet. But once it gets through the enamel layer, and the enamel is up to about a, 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 almost a millimetre thick in in places, once it gets through the enamel, it gets to the dentine layer. Now, this is much softer. And so once it gets to the dentine layer, it can move um more quickly it can still take months and years uh, and then it can progressively sort of get deeper and deeper and then this is when it starts to affect the nerve inside the tooth and so that's when uh, that's when you start to feel some sensitivity to to often to cold things to hot things uh and then that discomfort can get worse um and if it gets even worse, uh, then uh, the uh, the infection can actually get as far as the, the centre of the tooth, the, the pulp of the tooth, which is where the nerves and the blood vessels are. And it can actually kill the tooth completely. Yeah. Uh, and then that can lead to an abscess. And anyone who's had an abscess or knows anyone who's had an abscess how will know how they are when you've got one. They are so, <laughs> they are so uh, uh, uncomfortable. And then that needs a, a more sort of specialised way of... Um, I'll, I'll
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Well, just listening to that, it just hammers home as well how important it is to prevent it. And if diet then is the big thing that you can do to prevent it, what's the second most important thing to prevent oral disease?
1: Uh, well, that's good old, uh, good old tooth brushing with a uh, with a fluoride uh, fluoride toothpaste. Now, there's total agreement. Every dentist around the world, every scientist uh, will will tell you uh, that the the best time to brush your teeth uh, is one to do one brush last thing at night, um, and then not to eat anything or, or or drink anything after that, other than any water if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to brush a second time um, uh, the next morning, um, and that's because bacteria have literally been just sitting on the teeth overnight and multiplying during during the night. Sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um and also another problem is when we're asleep, our saliva flow actually uh, drops uh, massively. Uh, during a day, we produce about a liter and a half of saliva, uh, which we swallow. Which, <laughs> we wouldn't want to do it all in one go. <laughs> uh, but but most of that is when we're awake. When we're uh, w- when we're asleep, the, the, the saliva flow uh, drops dramatically, and of course, saliva is naturally protective of teeth because it actually neutralizes acids. That's one of its main functions, um, as well as sort of lubricating the mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're asleep, this protection is dramatically reduced. So it actually makes it uh, more vulnerable. Um, So therefore, uh, you should brush again in the morning. Now, nobody knows whether it should be before breakfast or after breakfast. There are lots of different uh, studies on this. I personally always recommend uh, after actually brushing after breakfast because, as you know, if you have bits and pieces, uh, you know, getting caught in your teeth, if you brush your teeth first, have your breakfast, and you get bits and pieces stuck between the teeth, they can stay there literally all day long um, if you don't brush after. So I always recommend brushing after uh, after breakfast to my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the next bit of advice is i would say if you can use an electric toothbrush and um, ideally with a small round head that rotates and oscillates at the same time and um, because plaque itself is actually quite sticky it's it's not actually that easy to to remove and the nice thing is with the electric brush you don't have to scrub too hard you just get the brush in the right place brush every tooth and, and literally the bristles just do the uh do the work for you mm-hmm. my uh Current favourite recommendation is the iO uh, powered toothbrush from uh, Oral B. I uh, absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, uh, and the next tip tip is the old classic brush for two minutes, um, uh, because two minutes studies have been done to show that after two minutes you've removed the vast majority of your of, of the plaque and therefore the bacteria. You can never ever get your mouth a hundred percent bacteria free it's yeah. physically impossible uh, but unfortunately again further studies show that the average person only actually brushes their teeth for 46 seconds uh, that's another reason that i love the uh, the io because it's actually got a timer uh, it uh, it beeps uh at uh, at two minutes and they and the toothbrush even smiles at you uh when you it work. Does.
0: i'm allowed to say this because we, i we're sponsored by oral b today i have an io and it does it tells you off when you okay. haven't brushed for two minutes it pulls like a proper angry face at you <laughs> it's, it's really like oh i've upset my toothbrush i need to keep Absolutely, going right. it keeps it's you on true. top of it it's funny
1: <laughs> it's good cop and bad cop in the, yeah. same, <laughs> in the same technology and also it's got that light which you'll be familiar with that tells you when you're brushing too hard or actually not putting up enough pressure on so yeah it's really uh it's really clever other things that i recommend is is brushing in front of the mirror so you can see that you're brushing all of your teeth evenly it's really really easy to overbrush certain areas depending on whether you're right-handed or, or left-handed and sometimes to actually completely miss other teeth that you think you've brushed but uh, but you might uh, might not have and then of course the next thing is toothpaste um, my personal recommendation is one with stannous fluoride my favorite being uh, being pro expert and the fluoride uh, in toothpaste works the same way that it does in, in fluoridated water, like like in and where I live. Um, fluoride work is really clever. It works in three well three ways. One, it strengthens the enamel. Actually, makes your teeth more resistant to the acids. It actually helps repair the damage uh, if teeth before the cavities for, uh, cavities form, it can actually repair the teeth. Uh, and then finally, it actually affects the bacteria themselves. It actually reduces their ability to produce acids. It messes up with their enzymes, so they uh, they don't like that. Uh, and also rec- recommend, particularly, uh, a patient's got gum disease. Actually, using little brushes uh, in between the teeth to get to those really tricky little bits, uh, which um, uh, which normal brushing uh, can't can't access. And then for children, I'm really adamant about this. To parents, I always say. Uh, don't just supervise the, the brushing actually do it for them um clean their teeth for them I- until the children are old enough to to to, to do it uh, to do it properly and, and with some children that's pretty much going to be until they leave home <laughs> but uh, because uh, children just Children just don't uh, understand the importance of, of of brushing. Their mouths are small, uh, you know. They've got less dexterity, and of course, they can't see what they're doing as uh, as well. So, uh, parents brushing children for them, and again, making sure that every single tooth uh, that uh, is brushed. That for me, that's probably one of the most important messages on our on our, our podcast. And then finally, from from an environmental point of view, don't leave the tap running while you're brushing don't even switch it on because this wastes loads of water and you don't need to rinse out after brushing uh, all you need to do is just spit out any excess toothpaste uh, and then by not rinsing the fluoride literally hangs around uh for for, for hours continuing to do its uh, to, to do its wonders
0: it is an incredible thing fluoride and um we've spoken before about fluoride um for a, a different smile month podcast um a couple of years back which i'll a link in the bottom of this one if you want to listen to us talk about that in more detail um, because that that was a really great detailed description of how to look after teeth and gums and um, it's 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 good to hear do you think there's going to be a time in the future where we don't even need to discuss this we will we'll have prevented it completely from even happening
1: well so very honest. I always try to be uh, to be positive, but I have to say for some parts in the world, I'd have to say no, I don't think that will ever happen. For example, sort of in developing countries where they can't even get enough fresh water and they certainly don't have access to any dental care at all. Uh, And then regarding diets, I mean, it's so upsetting that even in this day and age, uh, as the stats show, one in nine humans around the world, as we sit here chatting today, are suffering um, the effects of hunger uh, and and starvation. Um, So, you know, but in the UK, I think we have got more reason to be positive, although we have got the lowest percentage of dentists in any European country. Uh, Britain's population actually um, has among the best oral health in the in the whole of Europe. Uh, and we've got significantly better health and less inequality than um, uh, than than people living in the United States. So any of that sort of Austin Powers, uh, British <laughs> bad, bad teeth myth that, you know, that that's that's uh, is a complete myth. Uh, so, yes, I, I am. Hopeful uh, for the future, the UK dental profession will continue to do what it does um, all the time, it's designed to do, continuing to strive to help uh, uh, Britain's oral health be literally uh, the, uh, the the best in the world. Um, uh, but as I've mentioned, you know, several times in our chat today, the most important thing for your listeners is how well they look after their teeth at home and the teeth of their uh, of their families as as well there is absolutely no reason for a child being born today to ever need any dental treatment in the whole of their lives because uh, as we've uh, as we've uh, discussed these diseases are 100% uh, preventable Preventable, and that's that's why you know so delighted to be asked uh, to come and chat um, on the Oral Health Foundation's uh, small Month. You do an amazing job in raising this awareness of the importance of uh, of oral health, and so I just like really like to sort of finish by just say a massive thank you uh, to Sophie, to you and your team at the Oral Health Foundation for the wonderful work that you do, and to Oral B and all the other oral healthcare companies for de- developing these technologies that help us look after our teeth and gums and of course (laughs) a massive thank you to your listeners for for, you know taking some time up today to to listen and hopefully to think a bit about the oral health uh, of, of themselves and indeed their families and other people as well
0: yeah, I, could, I don't think I could have rounded that up better myself. Um, yeah, thank you, Lewis, for spending time with me. Um, thank you, Oral-B, for sponsoring this podcast and allowing us to actually sit and talk to, to Lewis. Then, um, yeah, thank you again for listening. We'll be back uh, in a couple of days talking about um, oral disease in a little bit more detail with a few other guests that we've got. So come back and have a listen then.